Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. President Biden tasked you with leading diplomatic efforts to work with Mexico and the Northern Triangle countries uh, to address the root causes of migration. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you define success in this role? It's a great question. Let's first talk about what it is. Um, You know, I come at this issue from the perspective that most people don't want to leave home. From New York. It's the Fauci Awards 2020. As I promised yesterday, I promised snacks. Um, I did not bring them in here, but my mother-in-law made homemade chocolate chip cookies for you guys. So um, there's one for each of you in here. We will do it in a COVID-safe way. Um, but thanks, everyone, and have a great weekend. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jen Snacky. Oh, how nice. Jen Snacky gets... <laughs> Cookies for everybody in the press corps. Oh, that's awesome. She made cookies. She's so awesome. Kaylee never baked us anything. Sarah Huckabee lied about baking a pie. That's right. Crane claimed that that was her own. Definitely wasn't. I've seen that somewhere before. Hello. I hope you had a good weekend. We had a good weekend here. Um, We, um, I got some progress. Progress happened today, Alice. Finally, after I totally wasted yesterday. That was Saturday. The actual burn barrel outside mm-hmm. today was humming. I burned all sorts of leaves, all sorts of scrap wood, uh, old shingles from a, a barn we have, a uh, shed we have. It was a stellar day. I got the burn the burn barrel actually going, and so it was just a cauldron, cauldron, and nothing, nothing could survive it. That's a good feeling. It looks more manicured out there. I don't think you've been out there to see it since. I haven't checked out the outside grounds a lot. Tomorrow's my yard work day. And that makes me very happy. Very Mm -hmm. happy. Um, Let's see what else. Yes, we're going into Sturdy Wings tomorrow. Yeah. Right? Well, it's Holy Week. So we're going to be really good for Holy Week. This is for Lent, not the musical Mm -hmm. tomorrow. 
Actually, technically in the Orthodox Church, Holy Week is considered a separate fast from Lent. We do 40 days before Holy Week, and then we also do Holy Week. You know what Holy Week is for me? March Madness. Kid Gonzaga. That's not well, true. Well, today was Palm Sunday. Yesterday was Lazarus Saturday. Well, you came back with um, with um, Pussy Willows. Mm-hmm. Yep, so in the Serbian church, traditionally, the children process with pussy willows rather than palms. We had some palms, too. But, um, Good. But traditionally, it's the pussy willows. Um, and yes, and we actually, I think this is just a Serbian thing. I'm not sure if this is all Orthodox, but Serbian people process on Lazarus Saturday rather than on Palm Sunday for whatever reason. So. Well, good. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, uh, I'm glad you're happy and celebrating. You look lovely today. Thank you. Your hair looks nice and blown out or something. <laughs> All right. So this is my big takeaway with what happened this weekend. There's not a lot of like nuclear audio out there. We've talked about some of the stuff. There's the Fauci mm-hmm. Award stuff that you've heard in that is the, the moronic New York Times wanting this, uh, this odd uh, lathery <laughs> relationship with Fauci forever and ever and ever. And so they want to they put together this weird suck uppery show where where we hand out Fauci awards to to all the healthcare officials who made sure that we couldn't go outside without double masks and the same people who for some reason I'm playing coaching softball now with a mask on that is soaking wet when I am done with it it's just a filthy <laughs> sponge and I've been vaccinated and why are we doing this but these are the people, and they're all mm-hmm. supposed to get awards because New York Times sucks. From New York, it's the Fauci Awards 2020. Good evening, and welcome to the Fauci's. We're following social distance rules, of course, so no audience tonight. But we won't let that stop us from celebrating our extraordinary public health officials. They're the doctors and scientists who keep our water clean. Okay, puke, you get it. By the way, this um, this lover boy sparkling hard tea is delicious. Have you had one of these? I did have one. You gave me one earlier. It's delicious, Alice. Mm-hmm. And you know what else? It is out of. They're out of New York. It's a. It's their own company, crafted by Lover Boy Inc. New York, New York. Wow, it's delicious. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah, but this this Fauci Award thing was one of these things where I went back like three times and just double checked that the New York Times opinion handle with the blue check mark definitely tweeted this. This really is not a parody. They really were saying hi and welcome to the Fauci's. They really thought this was cute. Oh yeah. Oh no no. They think this is this is absolutely wonderful. And Fauci did say something today. What did he say that Neon Taster had? Something said, about oh that's right. Oh he's coming right. he's telling us now that it was really kind of a long shot, essentially, that you'd ever mm-hmm. get it outside. So, mm-hmm. for, out of a out of an abundance of caution and a degree of safety, he had been lying to us again. Right. So, what he said today on ABC's This Week is he told them that it's. He said, "I think it's pretty common sense now that outdoor risk is really, really quite low." Fauci said on This Week, "If you are a vaccinated person wearing a mask outdoors, obviously the risk is minuscule." Um, and then, uh, the White House chief medical advisor said new studies about the low risk outdoors will likely shape new guidance. So basically Fauci's going around saying that soon the CDC is going to let us know that it's safe to be outside right. without a mask if we're vaccinated, but, uh, they're not going to let us know that yet, even though they know they're going to let us know that like next week. 
because they haven't fully. We get it piecemeal. They They'll break off a little the piece. Statement yet? They're going to break off a little piece of what is the obvious truth and give us a mm-hmm. little glimmer, a little a shaving of what we all know. Yeah. And then what's going to happen is this time next year, Fauci is going to talk about and brag about how much he wantonly misled us mm-hmm. and how it was so useful. One of the things I'm really proud about that I did other than single-handedly <laughs> come up with Operation Warp Speed, apparently, is that is that they always knew that this that we were, out of an abundance of caution, taking extreme measures mm-hmm. just to be on the safe side. Well, and what they don't realize is that there are always people that are doing more. So, you know, and even in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. Massachusetts has a mask mandate outside regardless of whether or not you're able to socially distance from other people. And... So we're like pretty aggressive on the outdoor stuff, even though that's ridiculous. Like our playgrounds were closed until last year, but our town that we live in refused to even open our playgrounds for more than two months after Baker lifted the rule that playgrounds had to be closed because they weren't sure that they could do it safely. I mean, even when they lift this mask order, even when the CDC adjusts their guidance it's going to take Massachusetts a little while to gear into actually doing something about it. And then it's going to take, you know, probably our town and other towns like ours. You think Cambridge is going to rush into anything just because the CDC changed their guidance and then Baker changed his guidance. And then, you know, places like Somerville, Cambridge, our t- anywhere where there's like an overly aggressive public right. health These are presence, all the Portlands of Massachusetts gonna, if you're from out of state. They're going to take their time making the adjustments. And people are going to demand that they do because mm-hmm. there are still people out there who think this stuff who are like a kid whizzed by me on a bike and he was definitely within six feet and he did not have on a mask i'm going to go to get a covid test right now he was huffing and puffing all over me yeah i talked to a guy an editor in media about a month ago and and i just brought up i just brought up that this i said the vaccine rollout is sucking here because We've been inconsistent, unfortunately, the whole time. Mm-hmm. I said at the beginning of this thing, and he broke right in and said, you know what? I freaking love Dr. Fauci. I freaking love him. And he couldn't contain himself. And he smiled. He said, I just love Dr. Fauci. I love him. This is a guy in media. You know, you figure, <laughs> wait, now I need you to not trust anybody and, right. you know, verify this stuff, invent this stuff. But no, he was so overcome with emotion because this paternal, warm, soft figure. Sally's here spoke nice and gentle during a crisis and made us feel good. And he held our hands, and that's what we wanted. All we wanted was somebody to hold us in their in their strong little arms like Dr. Fauci did. And it's really pathetic. But you've seen this. So people like that, we talk about people who, who aren't, who are having their kids play tag in their own yards with masks on. People hear Fauci. Real adults, I'll put adults in quotes now because those days are gone. Adults believe him, believe the what they're hearing about this disease, even though they, many people obviously are not at risk. They believe everything. They believe, oh, my God, I could die. There is something gross, by the way, about there's something gross about watching somebody really, really, really desperately show, display how much they want to live. Mm-hmm. It's just desperate. It reminds me of one time I was in the, in when Filene's was around. I was in the escalator on top of uh, in Filene's, mm-hmm. 
and the woman in front of me going up. The woman in front of me gets her bag or her foot or whatever caught in the the gear, and she's stuck. She can't get out loose, and she's shaking. She's trying to get loose, and she's like, oh, "I can't get my bag stuck. My finger stuck." And but so we're all get about to crunch up against her, and I'm like, "Okay, uh, okay, well, just just uh, just do do your do your best, do your best. You know, everything's." Fine. And the woman behind me goes, "Get out of my way! Get out of my way!" and pushes me and runs up up <laughs> off the. Ice. And I said, "Jeez, it's that." This is my chili being done. I said, "It's like it's so it's it's gross. Mm-hmm. This thing of oh my god, I've got to save me. I could be at risk here. Oh oh, and this reflex, and this thing with people who are otherwise, like the people that I think about are people with kids who are in their thirties." And healthy, and still are so worried. Oh my God, something could happen to me. I know the chances were remote, but something could happen to me. Mm-hmm. It's so important and crucial that I survive. Yeah, and the stuff with the kids. Considering we know that COVID is extremely not a big risk to kids. Uh, yeah, but what's it doing to those kids like... when mom is panicking? Yeah, they're no, already uh, God, we've something. already got enough psychos in this land. But so many people are like, "It's our children. Better safe than sorry. We can't be too careful with the kids. We have to make sure they're masked. Like all the teachers are vaccinated, but we're still like making sure that all the kids are masked all the time because, like, our school district has already told us they're planning to continue masks next school year. And I'm like, that's five months away. How do you know? There could be no COVID at all by then. And they're like, as far as we know, we're going to be continuing masks in September. I'm like, oh, great. Awesome. Like, they're just people around us anyway are just like resigned to go for it. But, you know, we it talked. It could be to- community spread. Mm-hmm. So we talked to a relative today who was in Florida and said that there's like basically no one's wearing masks in Florida. Like the employees of places are wearing masks probably cuz they're like required to or whatever, but like almost no one just walking around is wearing a mask. So, you know, that's another thing that's interesting because even though Florida Florida isn't the best state in terms of the number of cases right now, but uh they're also definitely not the worst. Like Michigan, New York, Pennsylvania, that all have mask mandates in place are all doing way worse than Florida is. Certainly way better than Texas, where cases are way down. So, you know, I, it seems clear that the mask mandates at least don't do very much. It's possible that, you know, for some people who are at high risk wearing like an N95 or a KN93 mask makes some difference for that person if they feel that they're at risk. But, you know, especially now, all at-risk people should really have had the opportunity to be vaccinated at this point. Like, we're we're there, you know. Yes, I am just looking for something that we had. And, uh, yeah, because we're now at the point, which we knew would come, where... You know, they will have run out of all the eager beavers for the vaccine and there's going to be like, (laughs) there's going to be more, they're going to have to do more convincing with the next group of people that are due to get it. What's a word that means another word? A synonym? Mm, Yeah. Uh, Yes. Well, uh, well, like, let's say if I call a toilet a John, what is that? It's a synonym for toilet. Okay. Mm-hmm. You've a couple of interesting synonyms here today, Alice. Um, like what? I'm like not... what else besides <laughs> your beaver? Uh, I no comment. Um, the let the listeners decide if they can. Uh, they Deduce. can figure. It out. Yes. Um, okay. 
So we played last week. We played this. Uh, we've been doing it every week. This it, it, dumb um, AP film writers Jake Coyle and Lindsay Barr are getting you ready for the Oscars. Okay. Thank Breaking you. News. Thank you for that uh, push <laughs> message, uh, AP. That's uh, great to know. Whoever the frig that is. So this person on TikTok, this one last week, was all angry and, uh, you know, saying, you know, if you can't misgender me, this and she's yelling at us. And, you know, the two weeks ago we had, who was the other one, the dancer who said. That was Hot oh, Girl Bummer. Or yes, Hot Girl Bummer, who said, my, my grandfather just threw me out of the house. I was trying to <laughs> educate him. We've got another one here. Um, the they just keep coming. <clears throat> yes. The reason I, and it, it just reminded me of like, this is how, this is how you create psychos <laughs> is have mom worried about mom's survival so much that she's built a bomb shelter in the backyard. So here's a new one. This one is getting, is in a fight, a shout out fight with her mother and is the recipient of some bad news. She tries to stand up for her. Uh, constitutional rights to a roof <laughs> over her head, but it does not go well. You legally have to give me a month. No, I don't, because you haven't paid one brown penny. I, I'm not obligated to, and I le I can't afford to. Guess what? Doesn't matter. You can't Oof. just tell me I have two weeks to find somewhere. <laughs> You've had over a month. And no, you haven't. Look. You have done nothing but dig your heels in and try and make me feel bad about you. No, I haven't. I've been trying to educate you. Education How awesome. <laughs> I've been trying to educate you. Don't you understand? She's also, like the other girls, got 18 different piercings um, and it has the... Blue hair and... Yes, has the outward signs of... Um, of... Um, Desperation and needing uh, attention and uh, a battery of psychologists. No, it's not. You just won't listen to me. No, I'm oh. not going to listen to this crap. Now you talk. I have schizophrenia. Whatever, you're an a hole. I don't. <laughs> it doesn't mean we live in squalor, and it doesn't mean you're a bully. You, I'm not even a bully. You literally deadened me, misgender me, and tell me that, like... Sign our kid. <laughs> Whatever your name is this week, uh, you no longer reside here. Let us know where to forward your mail. How great is that? How great is that? And that brings me to... You literally deadened me and misgender me. Yeah, it's funny because, like, literally, dead naming is not a thing. <laughs> exactly. Dead naming is not a literal thing. It's a psychological game that you made up that we get to play now. <laughs> so Bill Maher torches the uh, Zillennials as well in what is another great monologue. This one's a short one. We won't play 43 minutes of them like last time. We might as well just <laughs> run the uh, HBO credits. In India, young people touch old people's feet to show reverence. Japan has a national holiday called Karonohi, Respect for the Aged Day. You know the reason why advertisers in this country love the 18 to 34 demographic? Because it's the most gullible. Yeah. A third of people under 35 say they're in favor of abolishing the police. Not defunding, but doing away with a police force altogether, which is less of a policy position and more of a leg tattoo. <laughs> 36% of millennials think it might be a good idea to try communism. But much of the world did try it. I know millennials think that doesn't count because they weren't alive when it happened. 
but it did happen. <laughs> and there are people around. How true is that? <laughs> even as somebody, even when I was in radio like 12, 14 years ago, mm-hmm. I remember when interns would come in and other employees would come in and I'd play bump music with ACDC, whatever. And I'd say, do you know this band or whatever? And they'd say, no. And I said, this is ACDC. It's, this is like, this was a huge hit in like 1984. And they'd always say, yeah, I wasn't even born in 1984. <laughs> like, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm a Beatles fan too. And I wasn't born, you know, in 1964. It's ridiculous. It I is mean, possible to know about things that happened yes, before you were born. Important stuff happened. I know that the biggest <laughs> thing that's ever happened to any of us was you being born. But some other incidental things happened here and there. Who remember it. Pining for communism is like pining for Betamax or MySpace. <laughs> so when you say you're old, you don't get it. Get what? Abolish the police and the border patrol and capitalism and cancel Lincoln? No, I get it. The problem isn't that I don't get what you're saying or that I'm old. The problem is that your ideas are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> If you say, let's eat in the bathroom and shit in the kitchen, yeah, that's a new idea. (laughs) But I wouldn't call it interior design. (laughs) You think someone 80 is hopeless because they can't use an iPhone? Maybe the one who's hopeless is the one who can't stop using it. Mm. You think I'm out of it because I'm not on Twitch? Well, maybe I get Twitch. But I just think people watching other people play video games is a waste of f***ing time. Twenty <laughs> percent of Gen Z agree with the statement, society would be better off if all property was owned by the public and managed by the government. And another 29 percent say they don't know if that's a good idea. Here's who does know. Anyone who wasn't born yesterday. William Marr, another mm-hmm. great one. Absolutely right. It is remarkable to me. It just watch, mm-hmm. and they're so far divorced from common sense. That's why Tucker Carlson's in. He's in trouble now. Whatever this week for saying college, you should not go to college. That yeah. it, it retards you, in other words, <laughs> in ways. Um, essentially, that's what he said. That word, that word is still allowed to be used, right? Nobody gets hurt with that uh, word. I don't know. That's the R slur. I thought. Well, that's yeah, but it's used as an noun this is using it as a verb right i don't know i'm surprised you know it's in music too you i don't know if it's banned from that yet either well well eh, these kids are as dumb as we think they are i'm sorry it's not all there's not all it's it's absolutely true not all you have Mm -hmm. you have exceptional kids now but by and large what's being produced by college ain't great Mm mm-hmm now I'm not. A, I don't hire people anymore. But I, up till a couple months ago, I did, and I I was never impressed by college, especially the the kids who thought they were super special. Some kid from um, what's it? What's where everybody was orange? Syracuse. Oh yeah. Oh, they were the they were the the best. And I like even 15 years ago, I remember a kid always mm-hmm. had something orange on. Always talked about cues. And yeah, I came out of cues. We did a lot of this, and he was just a half-assed worker, not great, mm-hmm. but you know, had like they they made sure that they assembled these kids with the most intact self-esteem in the world, and they were just terrible. But the thing is, 
And if you're a 20, the problem is this, is if you're an 18 year old, you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. But generally, when you get out in the world, you'll be immersed in uh, surroundings and experiences where you it hits you real hard. Holy God, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything. I don't that that person that I thought I trusted. I can't trust that person. This person, it turns out, is a liar. Um, I'm not the smartest person in this room. This person over here is has a better wit than I have. This girl over here is um, more clairvoyant, uh, you know, than anybody I've ever. You don't know anything. I mean, certainly you can have knowledge instilled in you, and it, it helps to be a reader and somebody literate, etc. Do you hear me still? Yes. Oh, okay. I la- no, I, th- I lost me for a second. Mm-hmm. But, but, I mean, you have no real wisdom, especially if you're in the West. If you're an American kid who grew up in the suburbs, mm-hmm. you know very little other than, you know, what you and your dumb friends talk about. Right. And, you know, and this stuff is happening first on college campuses and then it's like bleeding out into the real world. And it's like... I mean, you see it. So look at the Micaiah Bryant thing, right? So that happened in Columbus and the Ohio State students have been protesting, occupying buildings, demanding the Ohio State University sever their relationship with the Columbus police and not uh, work with the campus anymore. You know, now in the meantime, the Columbus police are having to like investigate. I mean, which day was this? Like yesterday, the day before April 23. So it's Saturday. Saturday, they had to investigate because the student's car was carjacked. She was thrown out of her car uh, and thrown onto the ground, and three people ran off with her car. So then the car is still missing currently as of this time. So, I mean, it's not like they're not having to deal with real crimes in this area around the university. It's not like they're not having to deal with real problems that the university students are having dealing with crime. And yet the students are like, yeah, let's just... Let's just abolish them. Let's get rid of them. We don't want to have a relationship with them anymore. Like, get rid of them. So, you know, it. Well, but also, but to get back to what I was saying a little bit, mm-hmm. is if you're 18 years old, you don't know anything. And the problem is, is that college is an artificial terrarium mm-hmm. where that's not the real world. Sure, if your car gets stolen, you, you learn a little something. When I, I used to date a girl in college and... <laughs> I loved this. Uh, it, well, she was in college. I was uh, older, and but uh, so uh, but I used to thank you. <clears throat> go show Sally, please. But I used to da- okay. Thank you, thank you. Go show Sally. There you go. Get it, get it. Get it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> doesn't work with him. But um, Hi, there we you. go. But so it was so. <clears throat> and this was Trinity. So these were kids who were doing very well. It's a it's a nice school. Actually, it's where Tucker went. And there was a spate, and I thought this was hilarious because Trinity's stuck in the middle of a bad neighborhood in, or was then, I don't know if it is now, in Hartford, Connecticut. And so what was happening was that dudes, <clears throat> is that guys from the, the hood right around the college mm-hmm. were going on to campus saying, hey, come here, finding, uh, you know, the, these know nothing, wide eyed, suburbanites who were mm-hmm. in this little enclave f- f- away from home for the first time and saying, come here, walk walk with me. And they would just walk them to the ATM and make them get out hundreds of dollars. <clears throat> yeah, but that's like, they don't understand. Part of what they don't get is that their artificial terrarium is propped up by having things like the police and 
capitalism and other things that they think that they don't like. Right. And like the more they try to actually dismantle these things in the real world, once they get out of pretend fairyland, then they're going to learn the hard way that there were reasons maybe that they had a relationship with the Columbus police at Ohio State University. Maybe the Trinity College students are going to find out that there's a reason why well, we have like police departments. Well, and- but my girlfriend then at the time <laughs> mm-hmm. was a white girl from money, from suburbs. I had no money at the time, and I remember seeing her her fidelity account and seeing that it, like one of her accounts there had $800,000 in it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a bellman, like scrapping to make like 18 bucks, like during an overnight shift. I'm like, can we just take that and live a really fun life? No. <laughs> That's why I was meant to not be rich. But, but anyway, but so my, the, the thing is that she joined, she was a super progressive Mm-hmm. You know, for the time, really, it, she she's the one who read my our bodies ourselves and made me read it. She's the one. She joined the the Asian Minority Club and the Black Minority Club and the, this club. She joined every club to show every group how guilty she felt and that she was, mm-hmm. you know, she was a standard issue, good suburban liberal progressive for the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and they had a fake thing where they all protested in front of. <clears throat> the dean's office and demanded that like more money be given to the to whatever Polynesian uh, APAC, what's that, What's that, who's the P- Asian Pacific, whatever. AAPI. Right. And they wanted something now, whatever. And the dean said, we have to wait till next budget. And they said, no. And they all had this protest. And she said, yeah, we went there. And she said, and she said he asked that a few of us come in and talk to him. But no, because in Rules for Radicals, whatever it was they're reading, that they say never to do that. Never break up. Make sure that the person comes out and speaks to everybody. Don't let them come. Just uh, you know, uh, slink off or whatever. Don't let them tell just a few of you to come in to talk to them because they'll try to use you know intellectual trickery on you. In other words, they're allowed to bait you and <laughs> out argue because you're stupid. But that's fine. But but I thought to myself back then. I thought, wow, everything that she's doing there in that school. All this performative stuff, all the club stuff, all the all mm-hmm. the progressive stuff that she's learning, all the Marxist stuff that she's learning. You know, she they had her thinking like, why does anybody have guns? The cops should seize the guns. What should happen is that's what the police are for, you know. And so if the family gets slaughtered, well, to have order, you know that that's fine. Then mm-hmm. then the police go and they dem- have an investigation. And I said, well, wh- what if I don't want to get murdered? What if I want to have my family be safe? She said, no, 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 because it's. There's that's what the government is for. Government is for to facilitate every part of your life. I thought she spent four years in that place. The only kids who learned a damn thing were the ones lucky enough to get pulled down to the ATM where some <laughs> hood was making intimidating them with a knife or gun or just a mean look, intimidating them into emptying their bank accounts. It's like those people who were lucky enough to have that happen to them, they learned something about the real world. Yeah, that's you know, true. you know, having a fake um, a protest with the uh, based on rules for radical mm-hmm. radicals where the dean could give a damn, you know, that's a waste of time. Makes you feel good. Makes you have something. You, that way, you can go tell mommy and daddy something on Thanksgiving, and then they say, "Oh, well, I feel good about the fifty grand we're paying, or whatever it is now. It's mm-hmm. very expensive." But it, it, that's why. I mean, what are we doing to our kids? Why are kids going directly into college anyway? 
Right. The only reason you should go to college is if you have something that's difficult to learn another way. I mean, it's difficult to become a chemical engineer unless you go to college. So if that's your passion and that's right. what you want to do, then like you can go and learn that, you know, because you don't right. have like a chem lab at your house. Oh, like, right. Exactly. You know, there's stuff that sometimes you can't learn unless you're in a place where it's set up for that. But, but there is now, you know, a lot of these colleges are obsolete. And I read something really interesting about how um, now that there's been COVID, a lot of these colleges are realizing that they can just do courses remotely, right? So, but if you can just do courses remotely, what's the point of differentiation between these different schools? I mean, like, Harvard is still going to be Harvard and Yale, and these places are still going to exist. Like, they'll survive what's coming, but... A lot of these sort of mid-tier schools, like, what's really the point of differentiation between them? There's going to be a race to the bottom. Like, why would you attend, you know, Syracuse over anywhere else if you're not getting to, like, wear orange and do it? Like, if you're just sitting on your sofa with your laptop, like, what's really the point? Right. You know? So... At that point, those schools really have to think about what the point of them is and what they want to right. be. And I think a lot of those schools are going to go out of business. But on the positive side, I think there are certain people doing really innovative things with innovation. There's Lambda School, which is a totally online school um, that is free. Right. But and you're then talking they about take... learning. You know, right. And with certain colleges, of course, we're talking about um, credential capital. Right. Where you, you know, buy where... a college degree. Exactly. And your friend... Gets wasted with Muffy, uh, Folger, um, you know, uh, Harding, Cooper, Waspo, and <laughs> so you've got the right networking. Right. Yeah, this is good. And so, so some dumbass can get into work hard enough in finance because Muffy's dad will get him in and eke out a really good living. <laughs> right. So, but. I think it it's an interesting time in higher ed for sure because I think a lot of people are saying now, you know, we've had Paul in Florida tell us this too that, you know, he wonders sometimes why he's spending money to have the kids come home over vacation and tell him he's privileged and and <laughs> <laughs> didn't Sorry, work for Paul. anything cuz he's white or whatever. Um no, Paul in Florida emails us a lot. He's great. Uh and um you know, I think that that a lot of people are starting to really question this on a much more mainstream level than they have in the past. And in particular, when you're having that college student sitting on your sofa with their laptop for a year or, you know, locked in their dorm room and unable to leave. Yes. You know, I had a relative who got they have to have like a fresh COVID test every three days or their residence hall fob locks them out. So they got locked out at like 11 p.m. because their COVID test expired. They didn't. They needed a new one on file, and they were locked out of the dorm and had to like reach out to resident services to get back in. This was at BU. So there's like, I mean, when the college is treating your kid this way, and or you're just having them back at your house, and and the value of the degree is diminished and they're brainwashing them into all this crazy stuff and you're paying them $60,000, you start to wonder, like, what what benefit exactly am I getting out of this deal? And then 
add on top of that the way the world is changing in terms of skills that people need and you have people who are doing like lambda school that teaches people to code for free but takes a percent of their salary for the first two years so they like guarantee to find you a job coding and they just get a percent of whatever you make the first couple years that Mm. you make it and then um you know you have places like the american college of building arts i think it's called that's in uh it's like acba that's in uh charleston south carolina and they give kids a standard um you know liberal arts degree but also teach them a trade like carpentry or you know something real that they can do so there are places that are doing innovative creative things that are adding value to education and these places that are stuck in their ways are absolutely going to get washed away and they should mm-hmm. they should i mean you look at the it just uh, it, employers <clears throat> To, to produce kids, it says so much about the about uh, the university mm-hmm. that you've got all of these happy TikToks where kids are saying what they just learned and feeling that they're educating their parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would think that somewhere in the college they would say, hey, guys, I know we all enjoyed this class today, but... Don't go home and think there that you're going to teach somebody something from scratch because they're going to think you're a jerk and may throw you out. <laughs> that would be useful, but you know it's it's no, it's the high arts are are taught. You know we're not here to teach you know mm-hmm. uh, the, the tangible, useful, everyday skills, right. which really you should have. Oh my God, I mean I I. I it's it's great, but then again, it's not as fun. Like that same girlfriend, you know, when I was 23 years old, used to come home to me in, on the weekends and tell me all about, all about, um, you know, how the interactions that happen between races and how people, how, um, how different races feel, the attitudes they have, how they feel about working in capitalisms, capitalisms, what? capitalist how they feeling they work work in free market society yes capitalist society and free market occupations Mm -hmm. and how they hate it and they resent it and this and that and i always would say to her but how do you you're reading about this stuff talking about this stuff with the professors discussing this with you i work with the freaking everybody from around the world in my job Mm mm-hmm you know, from everybody from around the world, from we had people from Africa, we had people certainly from from Asia, people from everywhere. I work with these people. We talk to each other. We talk. I see how hard they work and what they feel mm-hmm. about capitalism, and they were busting their ass. Obviously, it's like, why do you get to tell me? Because it costs you seventy five thousand dollars, and you get a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Like, but you get to feel really good about what you do. My my experience does not count whatsoever. Doesn't that doesn't matter? You know, it's so it's whatever. It's it's anecdotal and it sounds like uh, complaining, but it's just pathetic. It's it's you know what? I'm gonna be positive, and that's one of the reasons, Alice, that mm-hmm. you used to have people who grew up in working class capacities, right? As the press. You know, mm-hmm. they had been, they had to enlist in the service, had to start at a small town paper doing zoning board uh, meetings. If you could get the job and, you know, and, um, you know, court, sitting in court watching arraignments and school board things and all sorts of, you know, gritty street reporting, crime reporting, mm-hmm. 
all the dirty reporting, not glamorous reporting. And so by the time these guys got to TV, and I'll even put Dan Rather in there and in the, his generation, they had seen a whole bunch. They had worked. They had put the time and they worked a whole bunch. It's not like going to Columbia where they mint you now as an elite, an elite journalist. And I love that name, journalist. Sometimes they'll say journo, which is disgustingly <laughs> obscene. But so they're not. That's why the White House press corps. That's why Jen Psaki has no problem. That's why it was um, uh, Ben um, Rhodes who said it was easy to get the Iran deal done. Because these morons would never question anything we said. These in the press corps, they're dumb. They're twenty-five years old. They're clueless. They don't know anything about history. You know, they want to be seen as being with the cool kids. We're the Obama administration. All of them wanted selfies with the president. So it's easy, and it still works. And Jen Psaki knows. All they had to do is make cookies, and these <laughs> people absolutely melt. As I promised yesterday, I promised snacks. Um, I did not bring them in here, but my mother-in-law made homemade chocolate chip cookies for you guys. So they can't contain themselves. These Dang. are adults. They can't contain themselves. I've worked in places here where we've had cupcake day and, we've had, and I've heard adults like, oh, cupcake day, as if they're rare. These people can't contain themselves. Wow, cookies. You don't see those a lot. I mean, those, those are pretty hard to come by. She's getting us cooked. Whoa. To the point where they interrupt her with their uh, enthusiasm and surprise. Oh, my God. It's cookies. Guys, this is incredible. It's like all of them just got bingo at the same time. <laughs> oh, bingo, bingo. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So um, there's one for each of you in here. We will do it in a COVID safe way. Um, but thanks, everyone, and have a great weekend. Wow. Really? <laughs> What is this? Wow. <laughs> she didn't get you a G5. She got you a cookie, which probably sucks. Let's be honest. It's probably an oatmeal or freaking. Homemade chocolate chip cookies are pretty good, I think. Is that what she said they are? Yeah. I can't I can't imagine that the chip count is high enough for and my. And there her mother-in-law made them. So not Jen herself. So if Jen made them, I would agree with you. But it's possible Jen's mother-in-law is a good Stop cook. defending people, Alice. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're welcome, kids. My pleasure. Make sure you're here on time next week. I'm just saying there's no need to necessarily disparage the quality of the cookies when we it don't sucks. really know. I know by personality <laughs> types. Progressives can't make good food. The foods that are meant to be overindulgent, they're not good at it. Mm -hmm. It's just not true. A, 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 only a good conservative knows how to make a cookie be a cookie. And it should be 50% chocolate chip to 50% dough at the minimum. Mm -hmm. It can be 80-20 chip to dough if you want to. That's acceptable. There shouldn't be sparingly chips. And and you better have a court order and a lengthy explainer if there are nuts. What about it, raisins, Thomas? <laughs> anybody who does that should be executed. Anybody who puts a raisin where a chip should be should be incarcerated. And depending on... Depending on the uh, uh, the number of times should be incarcerated. That's my criminal justice reform. <laughs> All the low level street stuff on on pot violations, you can let them all go. Mm -hmm. I want people to who expose their souls, and you do that when you make a crappy cookie. I want those people incarcerated. That is my platform. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh yeah, that's right. This is the same kind of people, of course, who need aged rappers. To explain to them, uh, <laughs> why? Why do we even do it? 
Run DMC wants you to take a vaccine. Got the vaccine. You got the vaccine. They got the vaccine. We got the vaccine. We can get back to normal. Let me inform you. Let's all get the vaccine. It's about community immunity. I'm talking unity for you and me. If Doc says it's good, trust me, it's good. Now let's all get the vaccine. There is none higher. DMC, I will inspire. Time for us to trust and not do. So I don't have a... <laughs> There's so I don't have a problem with I, I'm I'm I think Run DMC are talented guys. Um, enjoy them just fine. And in this city, it's a pity because it just can't hide. Tinted windows don't do nothing. They know who's inside. See, but you're very hip, honey. Thank you. Um, but and that's fine. And I understand that they're this is targeted. I assume to to minority communities. They're trying to get vaccines mm-hmm. out there and say don't be afraid of it. I realize that that uh, colleges have been scaring the hell out of you about the. Uh, about the Tuskegee Airmen, et cetera, uh, and validly. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, but uh, you know, take the vaccine, and I understand that. But there's also just something that doesn't sit right with me that whoever, and I, I don't know if this is Columbia University or, or a CDC thing, but somebody said, you know what? You know who the black people will listen to? No, don't hide it in books. That's not for them. <laughs> just, you know what? Put it in a rap star. And a rap lyrics somewhere they'll listen to, to a rap star you know just like the the just like you know and for the whites the white uh trash trump people throw it in the nascar somewhere they'll understand that don't don't put it in in smart programming mm-hmm. they don't understand. No, this is absolutely the same group of people that sat down and was like we need the stupid white trump voters to take the vaccine let's see nascar 700 club um deadliest catch that's all stuff they watch they're the same people who sat down and were like okay now the minority communities aren't taking the vaccine let's see rappers um i'm sure there's like advertising on bet i'm sure there's like all kinds of stuff that they've thought up that's like the same thing because that's how they think they're like the most right. obvious. It can't be that this uh, five foot four, uh, $417,000 mm-hmm. a year paid bureaucratic jerk. It can't be that he's lied to us and maybe minorities along with whites are smart enough to figure that out and say, you know what? I don't trust that person. I'm right. going to hold off for a second here. Maybe mm-hmm. that's part of the problem. Rather than ever having any kind of <laughs> self-evaluation, Right. It's just, all right, what condescending, pandering thing can we do next to I mean, try I to work around? I mean, I think the Marshawn Lynch thing was much better handled than this because they gave Marshawn Lynch the opportunity to actually ask thoughtful questions about safety and why people were hesitant. And and that actually got at the root of, the, of you know, I think, why some people were hesitant. And I don't know if that convinced anybody or not, but I think it's certainly... I mean, Fauci's still condescending because he can't help himself. Right, but, but it's I think certainly that the- better than whatever this is, where they're like, "Community immunity, get the vaccine. Time to trust and not to trust." Yeah, the doc <laughs> says it's good. Uh huh. Like that. It's so like just cringy. Was, I can't. That was fairly hot. What? That was fairly hot. <laughs> I don't know what that what you're talking about. I think guys will agree. All right. Um, so the the biggest takeaway I've got from this weekend from the Sunday shows was Kamala mm-hmm. Harris, and I'll be writing about her. She'll be in my Substack tomorrow. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. She was on Face the whatever Dana Bash is on, uh, CNN, and she is. We knew that she was. Mm-hmm. We knew that she was the quintessential vacuous politician. Right. 
She doesn't know anything. She doesn't care to know anything. She doesn't care that you can notice she doesn't know anything. Mm-hmm. When she was saying, it's a debate, Colbert, that shows you right there. She can care less. She is a social climber, and that's what she's trying to do. She's mm-hmm. trying to get a better gig and a better gig and a better gig, and it worked. But she has no, there. there is nothing compulsion whatsoever, no compulsion whatsoever to gain any depth of knowledge on these issues. So this is, the listen to the question and then the answer. This is Dana Bash. Kamala has this co- knows this is coming, right? Because it's been a month that she's been in charge of the border and exactly. refused to mention the border or go there. She's pretending our country doesn't have a border right now. And you can tell even during the question, as K- Kamala's making these uh, validation noises, you can tell that this. This question is dead on arrival by the time it reaches her. Let me ask about immigration. Of course. President Biden tasked you with leading diplomatic efforts to work with Mexico and the Northern Triangle countries Mm -hmm. uh, to address the root causes of migration. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yep, yep. I absolutely, mm -hmm, yep, I absolutely comprehend. I absolutely comprehend everything you're saying. So much more. Yep. mm -hmm, I'm all over this. Competence, competence, competence. Yeah. uh yeah. Um, How do you define success in this role? It's a great question. Yeah. Well, it's a great question. You know, and something that I'm completely competent on. I'm glad you asked that. So let me answer the question directly. Directly. Let's first talk about what it is. Um, <laughs> Why are we? T- what What is? Yeah. What are you, no, she knows what it is. We all know what it is. We all know the immigration issue. There's a problem at the border. We've been noticing this. CNN yeah. knows it. That's why she asked you about it. Yeah, you now have over 20,000 children in the custody yeah. of our government. That's what it is. We all know. Yes. We don't have to go back at all. We don't need any more context. You know, I come at this issue from the perspective that most people don't want to leave home. <laughs> I think that's belied by some facts in the ground. I think most people want to leave home when home is Honduras or Guatemala. And the U.S. is available. Right. They don't want to leave their grandparents. They don't want to leave the place where they grew up, where the, you know, they speak the language, where they know the culture. She has done zero work, as they would say, on answering this question and explaining this. Yes, they do. They want to leave. They're not going to Djibouti. They're not going to Canada. They're going to the United States of America because it's awesome here. Mm-hmm. Yes, they want well, to leave home. They want to call Los Angeles and Philadelphia and Boston and your town home. They want to very much. They want to so much that they're willing to spend thirty grand to do it. They're willing to work with the with these coyotes and gangsters to do it. They want to leave home and have a new home. Is this not something that she realized? People have been doing this. In regards to America, for 400 years, people keep coming here. Mm-hmm. They keep leaving home. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, right. maybe not 100% of them, but certainly enough. Um, the place where they're from, the place where that is home. Most people don't want to leave home, and when they do. Why are we getting a psychological, an, an absolutely inaccurate psychological breakdown of these people? You know mm-hmm. what? 
I could tell that nobody, people don't come to the United States for, you know, an opportunity and, uh, you know, the uh, an idea of total freedom and democracy mm-hmm. and uh, the opportunity to make, you know, 800 times more than they would ever make anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, in a... it's usually for one of two reasons. They're fleeing some harm or they cannot stay and satisfy the basic necessities of life, such as feeding their children and having a roof over their head. That's that number two, the -hmm. basic necessities of life. Yeah. You're not just meeting the basic necessities of life. When you go from Guatemala to the United States, you are exceeding. If you want the basic necessities of life, you could stay in another country or go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. This is the place to be still somehow. Right. And it's interesting because I think really what's happening here, and I think progressives have been trying to do this for a while, is they're trying to elide these two um, concepts of refugees literally fleeing violence, which is what we have asylum claims for, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think we still have some collective guilt as a country about, say, like, that we didn't do more for people fleeing the Holocaust. We turned away the ship that had the Holocaust refugees on it. I think we still have collective guilt, even just about during the Obama years, the Syrian refugee crisis that Obama caused with his irresponsible way of handling the Syria war. Um, And you know, and we had the images of the children, you know, dying on the beaches in, in Europe and all this stuff. Be- and people were saying, like, it's refugees, they're fleeing, we have to do something, you know. So now, but now we're trying to apply the same set of moral rules to people who just want a better life for themselves. Yes, and why are we trying to do that? Uh, Because Biden wants to let them all come here. Because we're out of answers. Mm-hmm. You know, in my, my in my opinion, anyway, we're totally out of answers in the board on the border. We don't know how to do it. We don't want to do it in the way that Trump did it because we've been preaching against that. Mm-hmm. We've made that uh, verboten amongst big progressives as well, and we ran on that being verboten, right. verboten. And so we can't do it the way Trump does, and we're out of ideas. Mm-hmm. So the problem is they don't really want to come here. The problem is we their place just sucks. So. What we're going to do, since we can't figure out how to do things on the Texas border, we can't figure it out. We're out of ideas. That's why kids are stacked up right now. Mm-hmm. This is a cop-out. So the new idea is, okay, we can't do the border. Everybody agree in the room, in the, ca- in, the, in, the, in the cabinet room? Anybody agree that we're all too incompetent to do this? Yes, yes, I agree. We all agree. Okay, great. Majority agrees. That the, the matter is settled. So why don't we fix their hometowns? And this is what we've heard. This is streetlights. Right. This is now. So what we. Streetlights, wh- giving people yes. money to stay. Exactly. Giving them actual cash. We don't know how to fix anything here. So we're going to go back and just make everybody so robustly um, fruitful mm-hmm. that their situation is on par with our situation. Yeah, instead of having them come to America, we'll just make the whole world into America. Right. Perfect. That sounds very doable and reasonable, and I think that will work out well. That, that, that is part of a big part of what is going on. So I look at the issue of what's going on in the Northern Triangle from that perspective. And then my take on it is that we've got to, understanding that, we have to give people some sense of hope. 
So that's understanding. So in other words, Dana Bash, I've pushed aside your question. Of how do you define success? Exactly. And I've established a new premise mm-hmm. that we're going with. <laughs> so you now have to play in my playground of this new question. So understanding that, it's settled, by the way, Dana, who's not asking the follow-up and not arguing. That if they stay, that help is on the way. And... That brings me to then my focus, which is, for example, I convened a group of members of our cabinet, um, Secretary of Agriculture, Secretary of Commerce, the head of the USAID, which is our... So the tween girls are using bags as toilets, Kamala. <laughs> yes, we have a so crisis. It, right. No, it's not, ha- it's not about people who never want to leave home. It's not about hope about staying that they don't have mm-hmm. hope. They're in the they're using bags on the border now. So you convened what in Washington D.C. Aid organization. Um, Tony Blinken, Secretary of State, was a part of it. Jake um, Sullivan was a part of it. And, and if the twenty thousand kids or whatever it is were in the cabinet room, that would be good because that's the problem. Mm-hmm. But they're not. They're down in Texas, thousands of miles away from Vice President Hope. (laughs) And bringing together members of our cabinet to do what, for example, is going to happen out of commerce, which is they're going to convene a a trade mission virtually now. And then the hope is in person later with agriculture. Tom Bilsack is going to increase our focus and our resources around helping the farmers in that region who have been devastated by crisis in terms of climate and, and drought. <laughs> USAID, we're increasing our disaster. Huh, you know so he- that we're sleeping four to us piled up right now um, and we're defecating into bags, but you notice uh, United States Air Force jets keep flying over us on the way to Honduras to... <laughs> Prop up the farmers. So wait, why is our agriculture department working on Honduran farmers? Like you said, they're all states now. <laughs> we have to fix. We don't know how to fix this. So Not only you're all in the just... United States now. It goes down to, to Brazil. <laughs> you're all under our purview now. The whole world's agriculture problems are now Tom Vilsack's responsibility. Yes. Response because, again, of the hurricanes. So this is the kind of work that has to happen. The kind of work that has to happen is the diplomatic work that we've been engaged in, in term, including my calls to the president of Mexico, the president of Guatemala, um, and, and we have a plan to actually have a, another meeting. Um, a plan to a meeting to convene. <laughs> my to talk calls. about how my we calls. can make Honduras better. Yes, <laughs> Not, my calls. So in the meantime, all the kids in the camps, what do we... I know you haven't showered <laughs> for four days, but Tom Vilsack... Can you, is there a translator so they can know? How do you say that right? Tom Vilsack's on his way to Mexico. Coming up soon. Are you going to go there? In that regard, it is, yes, we're, we're working on the plan to get there. We have to deal with COVID issues, but. So mostly not, is what I'm saying. Are you going to go there? Yes, but no. <laughs> I can't get there soon enough in oh. terms of personally getting there. Do they not get a plane? I think she gets a plane. Mm-hmm. Get on the plane and fly. <laughs> Bring Tom Vilsack. And then, and then we have to also look at the piece about community-based organizations. The piece. So, for example, 
this week in addition or next week in addition to meeting some week doesn't matter because it's not going to happen again with the president of guatemala i will be meeting the following day with the community-based organizations in guatemala they call them basically civil society to figure out how we can well how about the community in guatemala that is currently festering in texas can we work on that community yeah any ideas better assist what they're doing on the ground Mm -hmm. in a way again that they can give the resources to people who naturally want to stay at home and give them some sense of hope that help is on the way this is the work that we're doing but it's not going to be solved overnight it's a complex they keep not wanting to naturally stay at home (laughs) have you noticed that it's a steady line of them coming up incredible issue listen if this were easy it would have been handled years ago well that's what i was going to ask you when president biden said um you know seemed all right last year would you like to do this or not would you like to you will do this did you say oh gee thanks mr president no he asked me to do it um just as he was asked to do it joe biden as vice president had it was asked by president obama to focus on the northern triangle Mm -hmm. and he has asked me to do and to carry on the work that that he did Mm -hmm. and you know, you get back, get back to the question that you've asked. Um, we're making progress, but it's not going to evidence itself overnight. It will not, but it will be worth it. And I will tell you, part of my approach to this is we've got to institutionalize the work and also internationalize it. If you're a 12-year-old kid and you're in Texas and somehow you're getting, hearing this and understanding what she's saying, you're like, okay, I see. So we're screwed. Interesting. Huh. Which is why, for example, I'm working with Ambassador Thomas Greenfield, and we're going to be increasing the request we're making of our allies in the United Nations. Because, again, this this is about the Western Hemisphere. Um, We are a neighbor in the Western Hemisphere. And it is also about understanding that we have the capacity to actually get in there if we are consistent. Part of the problem is that under the previous administration, they pulled out essentially, a lot of what had been the continuum of work. And it, it, it essentially came to a standstill. Yeah, Trump did it. Yeah, they pulled out all that mm-hmm. stuff because they had the problem controlled. You're rebuilding it. We have to rebuild it. Thanks, and, and And I've made it very clear to our team that this has to be a function of a, of a, of a priority that is a, an American priority and not just a function of whoever happens to be sitting in this chair. Because, for example, looking at, again, the root causes, extreme weather conditions has had a huge impact on one of their biggest... Send Tom Vilsack. <laughs> sure that right. Extreme weather conditions. It's not that the Biden telling people to swarm the border when he gets elected. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. no. That's a, was that a weather condition? Um, industries, which is agriculture, including drought, right? Mm-hmm. And so a residual point... The point is to keep people from getting into the country when the world's not perfect. Right. That's the situation. That's border policy. That's immigration policy. The thing is, is that the earth, the world, is not stable. If Mm -hmm. it were, we wouldn't need any of these policies. It boggles my mind that they can't solve, like, the simplest problems here, and yet somehow they think they're going to cure 
global poverty and violence and, you know, unstable states and, uh, and heal the planet from ever having extreme weather again, because we know that never existed before, you know, fossil fuels. So, so we're going to get, so we're going to solve all the, instead of telling people not to come to America and closing the border, we're just going to quickly solve all those problems first. Cause that yes. like to avoid, it's like Mr. Bean to avoid de- dealing with the tiniest little yes. problem. You're going to do 7 million other things that you have absolutely zero competence to do. And in the meantime, this is sucking up all of our federal resources. What the heck is our agriculture secretary doing working on farming in Honduras? What is, you know, why are all our commerce secretaries and people, why is the U.S. cabinet trying to solve all the internal domestic policy problems of every South American nation? That's nuts. To think that we can do that is nuts. We can't. You know what? Then that's totally why she's not going to the border. Mm -hmm. Because if she goes to the border, that then, you know, codifies that the problem is on the border and they don't want us thinking that mm-hmm. the, the problem is not on the border. The problem is in Guatemala where there's no hope. Yeah. So we're going to have, she'll go down there. Mm-hmm. She's going to go on a foreign trip down there because stop looking at the border. That's not the problem. The problems what's happening in places where hurricanes hit in Central America. Yeah. The problem it's is so it- cynical, by the way, mm-hmm. it is incredible. You're in charge of this crisis. Where's the crisis in Texas. Okay. I'll be in El Salvador. <laughs> Great. And to think that you can solve the problem of people having hope in Guatemala is just, it's ridiculous. You can't. At one point. People's hope resides in America in a lot of cases for a reason. And of course, we all want to have an immigration system where, well, I mean, maybe not there. I'm sure there are some people somewhere who disagree with this, but. 99% of like normal people that I know want an immigration system where people who love America and think it's great and want to work hard and want to be here should be able to come in in a reasonable time frame when they want to. Um, But unfortunately, because we keep kicking this political can down the road over and over, we just refuse to actually have a functional immigration system where we can like vet people at all and let people come in. Not only is it about the economic devastation and what we need to do to assist with economic development and relief, but it's also, they've got extreme hunger there and, and food insecurity. And mm-hmm. so what we need to do to address that, because again, yeah. if parents and if children cannot literally eat if they cannot have the basic essential things that everyone needs to live, of course they're going to flee, and that's what we're saying. We're going to fix the world. Yep. So, I mean, that's not even... I'm constantly told that we have tons of food insecurity in America. So since they haven't been able to solve that, what makes them think they can solve it in every other country on planet Earth? This interview, so I'm going to get more cuts probably for tomorrow. It's so worth watching. President Biden always said that he wants you to be the last person in the room, particularly for big decisions, just as he was for President Obama. He just made a really big decision. Afghanistan. Yes. Were you the last person in the room? Yes. Uh, No, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Because she doesn't know anything about it. I do. And and I'm going to add to that. Um, Yes. Go ahead. Add to that. This is a president who has an extraordinary amount of courage. He is someone who I have seen 
over and over again, make decisions based on what he truly believes, based on his years of doing this work and studying these issues, what he truly believes is the right thing to do. And I'm going to tell you something about him. He is acutely aware that it may not be politically popular or advantageous for him personally. It's really something to see. And I, and I wish that the American public could see sometimes what I see. Because ultimately, and the decision always rests with him, but I have seen him over and over again make decisions based exactly on what he believes is right, regardless of what maybe the political people tell him is in his best um, mm-hmm. selfish interest. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Ms. Harris, is it possible you didn't study for this interview? <laughs> I mean, I'm the fact that she's saying that in particular about the Afghanistan decision is hilarious to me because the implication seems to be that he is choosing to get the troops out of Afghanistan by September 11th, not because that date has any particular political significance at all, but simply because that is the exact right, best time in his view with no political considerations at all, but purely from the facts on the ground, what the right moment to pull the American troops out of Afghanistan is coincidentally uh, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. That's absolutely just a coincidence and not a political calculation at all. Yes, it's not based on popularity. It's not based not on being... popularity. He's doing. The, he's going to do the right thing and take them out on September 11th, even if, you know, that uh, has n- no political meaning at all. He's going to do that purely just because that is the right thing to do and the exact right moment to do it out of Absolutely pure coincidence. There is a little piece here where she does make a little bit of news. I don't think I'm trying to. Um, and through that process, I think that we um, we arrive at a good place. And ultimately, of course, he is the president and he makes the final decision. Do you feel a special responsibility given the fact that... I, listen, I carry a great, great weight of responsibility. Um knowing that there are so many people, again, the generations of women who fought for and imagined there would be a woman vice president or a woman on the ticket. And I think of that all the time. There has been a woman on the ticket a couple of times. (laughs) Do you feel a special... That um, it is often the case that, as I will ask his opinion about things, he will ask my opinion. And... um, and through that process, I think that we um, we arrive at a good place. And ultimately, of course, he is bringing itself to bear right here in the White House. Well, I think that, you know, first of all, you'll recall that um, when Joe Biden asked me to join him on the ticket, he did so with a, 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 a sense of intentionality, of purpose. No <laughs> Intentionality. <laughs> There's a great, um, there's another part. I'll get it. I'll get it for tomorrow. There's another. um, uh, There's another thing that she says when, when oh, when Dana Bash asks her about it being a hundred days in, and she went on to say that she was so excited about something but couldn't come up with anything. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, um, 
it was just uh, odd because she should have come up with something. She goes, it's just going to be so wonderful. You don't understand. The things that we're doing, you have no idea. The things that we're doing. But she, you know, at one point she does laugh, of course, because she laughs herself out of the room, out of every room that she's on. Uh, all right, Alice. Anything to add? Are we out of here? Talk tomorrow? I know. We got to go watch the Oscars. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hey, good. Who's? Um, <laughs> I have no idea is, what's uh, nominated for anything, is, I have to be honest. I, I couldn't know. name a movie. I couldn't name a well, movie. Well, you watched that one, Nomadland. You've probably yeah. seen more Oscar-nominated films than I have. I watched have Nomadland because people I trusted told me to watch it. And Frances McDormand is a great movie, but it's like t- just terrible and t- terrible in a van. You know, I don't even know what to, to say. It was it was not it was not a pick me up, but who knows? Maybe there's a good movie out there. I seriously doubt it. I'm gonna watch the one with the tiny Yoda. Maybe that's the thing <laughs> that I'll get into. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for being here. Um, another week. It is the Burn Barrel Podcast with Tom Shattuck and Alice Shattuck. You can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod or at Facebook.com/slash Burn Barrel Podcast. We're also now on a website, burnbarrelpodcast.com, as well as on Gab and on Parlor. We're at Burn Barrel Podcast on both of those. Um, you can shoot us an email if you want to, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com, or check out our YouTube channel, too, if you prefer that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.